Chapter 4 The Atman and the Six States of Existence There is a great fire, and this flame has no beginning or end. All life that was ever born came from this source, since this is the starting point from which the creation of our nature stems. Manuka gathered nuts and berries for breakfast, as she was a vegetarian of this land. Meanwhile, the two cats carried rodents, and then they set the dead creatures beside my hands. Last night, when I saw the group of men meeting in secret, they spoke of all sorts of intriguing opinions as they seemed confident about their intelligent ways. They had gathered much experience and knowledge, but these men may not appreciate our natural or simple ways, and so I ask you, Manuka, when it comes to diet, which way is best? The best way is to treat food as an offering. We should offer all nourishment back to the spiritual foundation of our birth. That spiritual soul is known as the Atman, and we offer all food to the spiritual source first. The same way a vegetarian refrains from eating meat, we do this as an offering to the living creatures of this land. In the same way a meat-eater consumes an animal's body, if the animal is killed humanely, it can become an offering where it fuels the life force of our fellow man. Our power lives in our intention. This offering is like a holy prayer from which each action stems. While some people see animals as food, I abstain from meat because I see that same offering as my personal friends," said Manuka. But do you feel anger when a fellow soul must kill another creature's life? Yet these cats need the meat of these rodents to survive. O oh, Manuka, I am torn because even the traditional people of this land ate meat. But even I know this was done so that their families wouldn't die. We should ask what the person as the individual can control. And so I reflect on the power I hold within these two hands. I am responsible for my own choices, the same with every other female and man. If meat is consumed without a prayer or offering, then it adds dense weight into the person's body and ego. This makes them ever hungry, not so different from a blood-sucking mosquito. My father had a name for these unsatisfied souls, and so he called them hungry ghosts. Yes, these hungry ghosts act out of a constant consuming state of mind. And these spirits consume endlessly, seeking to satisfy their personal desires as they stuff more and more food down their throats. These hungry ghosts continue to seek selfish satisfaction, sense gratification, and pleasure. And although their indulgence is never enough, they seek more wine and more food while their unconscious habits continue to consume even after they're stuffed. Hungry ghosts are not like dead spirits, but rather they constantly look for more to drink and eat. This is one of the six states of existence that occur within our world, and this state of being called the hungry ghost is connected with a single individual's cravings and needs. Ranging from the lowest realm of hell, up to the height of God. The six states of existence are hell, hungry ghosts, animal, 
human, jealous idols, and that of God, she said. What are these six states? We should first understand our basic space to operate. In terms of creative process, are we confused or are we awake? The basic space acts as the fundamental ground for the idea of being. This is a development of ego, which is a pattern that helps in our being. The experience of being is also operating on the basis of evolution of ego, but the discovery of a sudden glimpse or the experience of being is a momentary thing, which is impermanent. Being is close to the concept of impermanence. Being is that sudden glimpse of experience, which is constantly developing. We try to hold on to it, and the moment we try to hold on to it, it leaves us, because of that very fact that we are trying to hold on to it, instead of allowing this being to be itself. Being is generally associated with the samsaric mind, which is the constant cycle of suffering, or birth and death. And within birth and death is the six states of existence, which is not necessarily with the awakened state of being. Between the confused state and the awakened state, there is a background of bardo experience, which is like a river. A river does not belong to the other shore or to this shore. It's just a river, a no man's land. Such no man's land, or river, has different characteristics. It may be a turbulent river, or a gently flowing river. There are different categories and types of rivers. Our basic situation, where we are at, our present psychological state of being, which makes the being experience more outstanding. Let's imagine there is an impressive little island in between the middle of a turbulent river. The situation becomes more outstanding. At the same time, the shape and the condition of the island itself will be completely different depending on the river and the background. This is where we find patterns, which are the six states of existence within the world, which is the state of God, the existence of the jealous idols, the existence of human beings, the existence of animals, the existence of hungry ghosts, and the existence of hell. Before we get deeper into each being's experience, it is important to know these particular types of existence. They are not purely mythical stories or concepts of heaven and hell. They are also not psychological pictures of heaven and hell and all the rest. If we started with heaven, the notion of heaven is a state of mind that is almost meditative. Heaven psychology is based on a state of absorption in something, and this could be known as spiritual materialism, which is a place that someone is seeking to get to in the future. It is complete absorption, which is indulging ourselves in a particular pleasurable situation, not necessarily material pleasure but more likely spiritual pleasure. But since the individual wants for their own being to get to this place, it means we are within the realm of ego. If there is an experience and also an experiencer, then that experience must be either pleasurable or painful. It could be an extremely sophisticated experience, transcending pain and pleasure. 
but there is still a very subtle and sophisticated experience of some thing going on. This thingness and the awareness of self continues. That is the realm of the formless God. Limitless space, limitless consciousness. The full state of absorption into a formless state. Other states as well are indicative towards that state of mind, but they become less sophisticated as the experience reaches more and more unpolished levels. The first state is the realm of spiritual pleasure. It is so extremely pleasurable that you think you can finally afford to relax, but somehow the relaxation doesn't happen because there's an experiencer and an experience, which is separateness, meaning you're still apart from it. That is the realm of God. Many people think God is a supreme being, and you are merely a human trying to get into God's realm, and so you are separate from God or heaven. As in that God realm, as you can imagine, in such a space of spiritual craving, there is a weakness. The intensity of your experience is based on collecting, possessing further experiences. That means that fundamentally, your state of mind is based on give and take. You are developing immunity to temptation and fascination in order to seek pleasure and to try to grasp hold of the pleasure more definitely. As that state of mind develops in terms of the six realms of the world, we are talking about regressing from that sophisticated state of spiritual craving into the world of heaven down to the world of hell regressing. Such a state of pleasure in the world of heaven that complete meditative absorption into altered states of bliss brings up temptations and questions. Men and women have touched this place, but because they are individuals or separate, seeing it as an experience and experiencer, this means they are ultimately separate from the heaven, since God or heaven is something they, as an individual, are seeking. And so they, as a separate individual, eventually come down into the raggedness. The realization that one is separate creates jealousy, envy, or dissatisfaction with the present state that comes up automatically as an obvious next step, which leads to the realm of jealous idols. This realm is highly eccentric, almost in contrast to that of spiritual absorption. Here is an induction into passion and desire, which is not quite enough. Here the jealous ones need more and more as they want to be just like God. This is a craving for something beyond where they presently are. This desire, or grasping, creates suffering. And then you realize that's not enough, and so you come to a more unpolished level, a cruder level. Here in the human level, you begin to yearn for much more real and obvious experiences based on emotional needs, looking for something simpler, a more instinctive way of dealing with things, in which you don't have to look for complicated patterns of that passion, that desire, then you are reduced to the animal level. Everything is put into practice in an intuitive way rather than by applying intellectual or emotional frustrations as a way of getting or possessing something. Such a state of mind, in which you are purely acting on the impulse or instinctive level of the animal realm, is not enough. You begin to feel 
that there is a tremendous weakness in your state of being, in such animal mentality. You don't want to give anything away, but you would like to take more and more. This process is a balancing act or play. Then you come to the conclusion that exchanging or commuting between two situations is too exhausting. You look for a crude way of maintaining yourself. That is the world of the hungry ghosts. You don't want to give away anything, but you just want to take. And since you do not want to give anything away, since you only want to take in, that becomes a hungry state. This hungry ghost realm is the height of poverty. Ultimately, that sense of poverty leads to aggression. You do not want to give anything away, but you would like to destroy that which reminds you of giving. That is the ultimate world of hell, an infant and extremely powerful state of aggression or hatred. All these six states, these six different aspects of the world, are the rivers in which the experience of being is taking shape, in terms of the realm of God. It is a very dreamlike quality. The realm of hell is very aggressive and definite. And strangely enough, these experiences of the six realms, God, jealous idols, human beings, animals, hungry ghosts, and hell, are space, different versions of space. It seems intense and solid, but in fact, it isn't at all. There are different aspects of space, that's the existing part. It's completely open space without any colors or anything, which is why they have been described as six types of consciousness. It is pure consciousness rather than a solid situation. It almost could be called unconsciousness rather than even consciousness. The development of ego operates completely at the unconscious level, from one unconscious level to another unconscious level. That is why these levels can be referred to as loka, which means realm or world. Each is complete on its own, and in order to have a world, you must have an atmosphere. You have to have space to formulate things, said Manuka. And can we change our worlds? This is the examination of what it means to be human or mutable, since our spiritual self can ascend or descend into any given state. And although we may have days where we are trapped as hungry ghosts or in the hell realm, impermanence is a law of life, and so we are not confined to a single realm as our permanent fate. Even those living as if they were God, who have all the bliss, all the joy, all the pleasure and everything, we see that in time all things do change. And so, by the cycles of the three gunas, of tamas, rajas, and sattva, all energy of this universe will shift and be rearranged," said Manuka. Now surely those intellectual men were acting something like God, always working harder, reaching higher, and expanding upwards, while they behaved with good intentions and were articulate with their words. Or were they jealous ones? Envious and jealous of the ever-elusive inner wisdom few know, asked Manuka. Now she drew a big circle, and there she separated it into six spaces. This was a wheel that embodied the six states of existence, 
and how these six aspects existed in their individual places. It takes strength of spirit not to override inner knowing with social pressures or inhuman expectation for constant performance. Trust in the shifting cycles to give yourself what you need for well-being. This is the way of nature, and we should follow in her accordance. No being benefits when you are at odds with yourself. We have the choice to decide what attitudes we allow. We have the inner power and capacity to be at peace with our being right now," said Manuka. And since we contain part of the spiritual source, then what can we do about the world's problems, suffering, and humanitarian concerns? What difference can I make, especially if this total spiritual source is much greater than I, and these patterns of existence seem to be predetermined? I like to think the world is conditioned rather than determined, because if everything is predetermined, then it feels like there's no possibility to awake. We'd be bound by past causes, conditioned by various forces, but I believe we have the ability to mold our lives, and based on the gunas and their conditions, we can use this energy so that our lives can be reshaped," said Manuka. But when I look to the Father's temple, where I hear the whispers of the old men, I fear that the system has grown so complex that it's impossible for a simple soul like me to comprehend. I cannot compete with these men, and I cannot sway the military guards. Their material system was built on a thousand lies, and its instability is ready to fall like a house of cards. Yet these men and women stay the same. They do not adapt like nature. All the while, I am not smart enough to impact the laws of legislature. Before any human kings, long before earthly man came to Rome, there existed the mother of earth and her oceans, and every creature ever birthed was aware and connected to her holy throne. Go inward and find that light. It's time for you to go into the wild and undertake nature's initiation. Let go of who you think you are, examine the masses, and then come back after you've discovered the solution to suffering, and then we'll implement your realizations," said Manuka. But what about you? I am your protector and guide. Who will respond when you whisper Geronimo in the midst of danger? Who will rise to watch over you in the middle of the night? I will stay near Francis, for he is a leader over all God's women and children. You do not need to fear what happens to me. After all, Francis is one of the good men to whom the soldiers and guards listen, she said. I looked to the woods and then a whisper sent a message past my ear. Go far and wander, do not give in to fear, it said. Now it sounded like my own voice, but that idea came out of something like a blind spot. How did it know to tell me that? And who was it that summoned this thought? Go where you don't know, grow when they plant you so low. No need to hold on to anything. Let go, let go, let go, and grow," said Manuka. Well, I didn't know which was worse, to leave alone or to stick around and then wait and see. But where did that intuitive voice come from? And how was I even certain if it was talking to me? 
observe this world, then come back in time. Look into the six states of existence, and through this process we can awaken. Then after the journey is done, you'll come home and you'll share what you came to find," said Manuka. But what about that earned wisdom? Those men were so much smarter than I. Shouldn't I seek to live like them? Then will I be fulfilled before this body has to die? If someone claims to know the right path, then know that they are trapped. You are your way. Your life is the map. Earned wisdom exists for the jealous ones, since life is not about what we earn. We are present on earth for a healing journey, and that is what we are called to learn. The individual must heal his or her own soul, which is to elevate it from its root. But how is this accomplished? This is the answer you are seeking, and it's the reason you must begin your search," said Manuka. I hear you now, and I do understand, but I still cannot quite figure out the intention behind the intellectual man. They were very set in their ways, and it seemed as if they had the only correct life plan. One man even seemed critical of wild mushrooms and psychedelics. That is when I heard him caution the group about unearned wisdom. Oh Manuka, I was so upset over his opinions, I still think much of what he said is based on ego delusions. Magic mushrooms, LSD, peyote, and other psychedelic substances are medicine for the soul. Now do we need them? Not necessarily. Of course we can heal on our own. But within these substances is the inherent wisdom that connects us to all that has ever grown. Be gentle, Otto. There is nothing in this world to conquer, to challenge, or to transcend apart from your own mind. All your neighbors live here. Your enemies and friends live here. The source of God and all demons live here. And yourself imagined is whom your life has designed. So watch the stream of the mind. Just be aware of how the energy flows. Feel the pull and become more and more aware that your watching place is not the thing you're watching, because you decide how this life goes. What is this life really, and what is it that's moving about? Remain detached like you're witnessing, and from there you'll find the best route. First witness the traffic and the mind stuff, and it's daily, it's family, friends, a duty, money. Just be aware of your panoramic awareness, but don't be selective. Just be aware that you're seeing. Be courageous, contemplative, and reflective," said Manuka. I turned to face the woodlands, and there I saw the two dark cats at the end of the trail. The large black cat had a broken tooth, and the smaller feline had a little tail. But Manuka, who am I? You are an aperture through which the universe looks at itself, but the you that you think you are is the aspect that the universe can't quite see. Like a snake chasing its own tail, we are all in the process of trying to get free. Yes, the universe is aware of itself, but here we are investigating the self as if we're onto the scent of our own trail. It's like a game of hide and seek. You are the universe chasing your own tail," said Manuka. So then what can we do about it? We struggle and struggle, 
But what are we missing? We're not missing anything. What we are is living. Go out and explore what is. Go in and discover the nature of how it is to be awake. Love all, serve all, and remember God. Our life is an offering that we are giving, and above all, faith is law," said Manuka. Aware of the dangers of these woods, I knew nature was wise with her ways, and so I ventured outward into the wild land when my mind went inward to listen to what my inner nature had to say. With my sight set on the high self, there my awareness became like a flashlight. I looked inward toward the Atman she spoke of. Was this spiritual source the source of all my intuitive insight? Find our bliss and discover the awakened nature. Listen to the earth and above all, never forsake her. For she holds a great treasure and this precious jewel is the awakened state of mind. And once you discover her truth, come back home and explain what you've come to find. Then I'll build a fortress around it, and you and I will protect it all our life. The stars in our universe will come to watch over us, as long as we fight the good fight," said Manuka.